0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. New Testament morality always begins with repentance. We must first acknowledge that we are guilty of the thing that we want to do before we can actually begin to do the right thing, to, to experience forgiveness and receive the grace of God, to change. We can see this in particular regard to the central focus of today's gospel where Jesus begins by telling us, judge not that you be not judged. We can only stop judging when we first realize how universally we do it. Judging is a pervasive human tendency. We all look at others and pass judgment on what they are doing. We do this unrighteously. We, we do this because we don't know the full picture. We'll look at outward behaviors, whether it be eating, drinking, or certain behaviors, and we'll, we'll put somebody in a, a box or a, a category of condemnation, knowing nothing at all about the whole story of one's life that contributes to the behavior that we are seeing. So the problem with our judging is, is several fold. First of all, when I judge, I presume to know background that I don't know. And the point of judging, of course, to make the distinction that it's, of course, something that is wrong is wrong, no matter why someone's doing it. If someone steals, it's wrong. But what Jesus prohibits is the condemning of a person, which requires a judgment on their whole being. And that's what we cannot do. We can say, you know, don't do that. That's wrong. We can't say you're going to hell because you're doing that. We don't have all of the information we need. And so when we judge, we presume to have background information that we don't have. Our judging always presumes that that I am doing it the wrong way while you are doing it, or I'm doing it the right way while you're doing it the wrong way. And often, if we look at ourselves, we'll judge somebody for whatever it is we see. If we look deeply, we'll realize there's some level whether it be a a far lesser level or not, that we are guilty of the very same thing. The other thing, or another thing, is that our judging is inherently selective and sort of unrighteous because we judge certain behaviors are the sins we like to oppose, we go hard on, and the sins that we ourselves are guilty of, we tend to go lightly on. People do this in groups all the time. We'll pass a finger on all those people out there completely blind to the characteristic sin of our own group. And this causes us to miss the foundational point of the gospel, which is that we are all sinners who need to be saved. This is this this failure, this distinction is central to the New Testament. It's incarnate in the character of the Pharisees. Jesus had these ongoing arguments with the Pharisees because they saw themselves as the righteous and they passed judgment on other people they saw as sinners. Their failure was not in rightly judging that other people were guilty of sin, but in not seeing that they themselves were also sinners. And in fact, what Jesus, the point Jesus makes is that the invisible or more or less invisible sins of the Pharisees were more serious than the visible sins of the sinners whom they like to point fingers at. If we look at the seven deadly sins, there are certain visible fleshly sins. Lust, gluttony, sloth, these kinds of things which we tend to be, tend to be very obvious. There are subtle sins that tend to be less obvious. Pride, covetousness, envy, sometimes thought of as spiritual sins. And these can be hidden. And sometimes in our culture, those sins are even celebrated. So if we look at visible sins only and lose sight of the ubiquity of sin, we miss the point of the gospel message that that all have sinned and all must repent in order to be forgiven. This message of grace is incarnate In St. Paul, the converted Pharisee who became the chief apostle of grace, he was converted as he was on the way to to kill some of the sinners And, and realized on the Damascus Road that his own sin in the light of the presence of Christ was equally serious, even more serious than the sins of those he had been chasing after. Once we have experienced the grace of God and realize that we are sinners and are just as guilty as other people we judge, once we experience God's grace, we begin to look at other people in a different way. Before, we had to judge others to make ourselves feel righteous, but once Christ has declared us to be righteous, to be vindicated, justified by his grace. Once we've experienced this acceptance by God, that's an experience we then begin to want to pass on to others. We begin to look at sinners not as people to be judged and condemned, but people to be called into the kingdom. Judging is inherently non-missionary. It seeks to condemn rather than save. The experience of grace is inherently missionary. That is, we experience this thing from Christ we want to share, and that's what causes us to open the, the doors of the church to new areas of mission because we want others to experience what we ourselves have experienced. The Danger, a danger the church must guard against is this idea of becoming kind of an enclave of similar people who gather together and point fingers at the world out there and all the bad things going on without being conscious of the characteristic sin that is amongst us. The reality, the true nature of the church is that it is the community of people who once practiced a wide variety of sins. But now we experience the common grace of God. And that is our common experience. That's how we can relate to each other. We may come from characteristically different places. But sin, though it is different in its various definitions, is common in, its, in the fact that it alienates us from God. It gets us into repetitive patterns of behavior into which we get stuck. And that can only be cured by the grace of God. So we come to church to experience that grace that enables us to to be forgiven, to be reconnected with God. Then we have the power to go forth and act in a different way. That is what we all experience through the sacramental life of the church. That's our common thing, grace rather than judgment. Jesus is blunt about the consequences of our judging. He says, judge not that ye be not judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So as we we practice the habit of judging others, we increasingly bring, bring judgment on ourselves. But as we cultivate the experience of grace, as we week by week understand what's happening at the altar when Jesus gives himself to us freely in spite of our sins, we become more and more gracious people who want to share this experience with others. And as we meet out to others, it is meted, measured back to us. As we give, we receive. But as we judge, we are judged. So as we... Behold the mote that is in our brother's eye, and don't understand the beam in our own eye. the, the point is to fully experience our own sins, to be aware of, of our own status as sinners who are forgiven in Christ. And once we understand that we are sinners who are forgiven, then we can go forth and we see that, that, that mote in our brother's eye, we won't want to judge it but we want to help him. Remove it in a way that will enable him also to experience God's grace in the same way that we have. Therefore, as Jesus said, Be merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down. And shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, ye shall be measured back to you again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.